KC Press Box, where you get the sports headlines that you care about. Plus, learn to make cold, hard cash with the Sportsbook 101 that teaches you every aspect of sports investing. Currently 15 and 7. 15 and 7. Kenny goes 16 and 7. Let's go right now. Daddy's looking to stay hot. Oh, boy. I'm talking about Washington, D.C., the football team. Great marketing job, guys. They're 2 and 3. Just a genius team name. I don't know how they thought of that. 2 and 3 football team. 2 and 3 Chiefs. Steve, one of these two things shouldn't be like the other. The Chiefs should be much better than 2 and 3. They're only favored by 6.5 points in this matchup. Casey wins the game by 17. Put your damn bookie or local casino out of business. The Chiefs minus six and a half is a lock of all locks. Thank me later. The lineup is ready. The players are set. And now, let's head to the KC Press Box with your hosts, Steve Serrano and Dave O. He likes to be called Daddy, a.k.a. Dave O. <laughs> I wasn't wrong, was I? Uh, it's just weird when Actually, you like to say, call me Daddy. I said they'd win by 17, they won by 18. So yeah, I was you're, off. you're off. Yeah. Did anybody call you daddy over the weekend? A lot of people are asking on the text line. Nobody called me daddy. Nobody called you daddy over the weekend? No one did. They should have. All right. Oh, they should have. That win. Oh, okay. Welcome to the show, Casey Press Box. I am Steve Strano. This is Davo, a.k.a. Big Daddy. Uh, is now 16-7 and seven when it comes to those locks of the week. We'll dive into that a little bit later in the show, too. So uh, we don't want you to miss a lock of the week. He's uh, if, you, if you do the calculation, uh, thanks to our intern, 16-7 uh, and seven actually equals 69%. Nice. Nice. So thank you for that. Uh, normally, we don't need a, to give a percent, but somehow we needed to give the percentile when <laughs> Daddy requests it. It's 69.5. It's 69 point, oh, 69 so and a half. Technically, it would be 70, but we're rounding down. Round it, round it down for some <laughs> odd reason. We round it down when Daddy wants to uh, round it down. We round it down for Daddy. Okay. Don't uh, call me Daddy anymore. So all we, all the whole show, you're getting called Daddy. Yeah, I don't mind about You people. referred yourself as Daddy. Yeah, but I don't want you to call me Daddy. Well, I'm sorry. All right. Welcome again to the show. Lock of the week coming up a little bit later. We'll see if Daddy can now go 17 and 7. Week 7 of the NFL. I can't believe it's already week 7. I know. Isn't that crazy? The season is so fast. The season's like almost 40% over after this week. It's crazy. Well, regular season at least. Daddy, how was the weekend? The weekend and week was good. Um, there's some interesting games in the NFL this week, although not as many marquee games. There's a lot of snoozers this week. So this is a, this is a very good week if you... Uh, you know, don't have a season-long fantasy team, maybe to play some DFS, maybe put some uh, skin in the game, because there's some snoozers on Sunday. I, one thing I do like about the Sunday, though, is there's six early games and four late ones. I, I will say for this weekend, there's a ton of teams on buys. Yeah. Is, that, is it normal for that many? Obviously, that's not yeah. what we're talking about on the show. That just seems like a lot. Yeah, this is probably the biggest buy Jacksonville, week. Chargers, Minnesota, Pittsburgh. I mean, the list goes on and on. Dallas. Buffalo. That's brutal for you got, fantasy. You got a lot of marquee guys. Can I vent for like 10 seconds? 10 seconds, Daddy. How Go ahead. How dumb is the NFL for like putting 10 games at noon most weeks and like three at three o'clock? Why don't we like even it up like this week at six and four? Like, why can't we just have, you know, seven games early and six games late so I can actually True. pay attention to the majority of them? It's, you know, I know. It's so Otherwise, you got to pick like two or three games to really truly follow at the noon it's window. It's tough, Daddy. It's tough to follow along. It's tough. I know how it is. KCPressBox.com. Don't forget, uh, again, week seven of the NFL. A lot to talk about fantasy football we'll dive into. Uh, remember to subscribe. Tell a friend about the show. KCPressBox.com. No matter where you want to check out the show, you go to KCPressBox.com. KCPressBox.com to get all the information. 
Daddy, anything else? Let's get into those sports headlines. And why are you winking when you call me daddy? You prefer it. Daddy, it is. Here we go. The KC Press Box headlines. All right, got to dive right into the Kansas City Chiefs. Daddy said that the uh, we would win by 17. Uh, daddy was wrong. We won by 18. He's off. But I will tell you, the first half was ugly. Um, yeah. Well, not so much ugly, but it, it no, looked it like it, it looked more like we've seen in the last few they weeks. They turned it over three times. There was a lot of turnovers. Again, not always Patrick's fault in those turnovers. Uh, ball hits Tyreek Hill's hands. For the second straight week. But again, that's a part of the game. I, I was even talking to, to uh, I think it was my dad or my mom. I can't remember. I so said, your daddy? Yeah, my the real daddy. Uh, and I was like, you know, that's a part of the game, unfortunately. You know, there's going to be missed dr- balls. There's going to be drop balls. There's going to be fumbles. But obviously, to, to be successful, you have to eliminate those every single week. So yeah. if we go from four turnovers to three turnovers, we're going in the right direction at least. It's pathetic, though. But, yeah. Uh, and speaking of the right direction, obviously the Chiefs in, in the second half of the Washington football game uh, went uh, in a different direction. Obviously a, a positive direction. No turnovers. Uh, no turnovers. Uh, that was a plus. And it really was, a, a you know, people always say, a, you know, a tale of two halves. Yeah. But it really was. Yeah. Um, I mean, do we see the future of the Chiefs the first half of the second half like it was in Washington? Well, so like you mentioned, three turnovers in the first half, none in the second. That's big. The Chiefs gave up 13 points in the first half. How about a shutout? They pitched a shutout, yeah, nothing in the second half. So I, you know, on one hand, you know, I certainly did not expect the Chiefs to be in the same breath as the Jets and Jaguars, the teams that they're with, you know, for turnovers, which is just embarrassing. Um, and I certainly expect their defense to be more like it played in this game overall. I, I've been, you know, before the season on this very show, I thought the Chiefs' defense could be, I thought they had a chance to be slightly above average. And now I'm wrong on that. They're not going to be slightly above average, obviously. But I do think they're a lot better than they played. We've, we've mentioned last week about the gauntlet schedule they played. And, and granted, it is fair. They will be playing these teams in the playoffs. So they're going to have to beat these teams, you know. But the Chiefs are taking care of the of the easier teams in their schedule like they're supposed to. They took care of Washington and ended up not even being a close game. Same thing with Philadelphia. That one was closer. The score was closer than the game actually was. So um, I think the second half, to answer your question, is more indicative of what the Chiefs are going to become. Now, the first half is basically what they've been so far this year, where the defense was iffy and you turn the ball over left and right. And it's incredible, though, that the Chiefs are on like every offensive metric, they're actually now second in offensive DVOA to Tampa. But if you go like like points per possession, they're number one. You go all these different metrics, they're like number one, and that's even with all these turnovers. It's incredible how good the Chiefs' offense is playing without the turnovers. And I know you can't just take away turnovers. My point is, though, I think there's a lot of growth still to come. So you you got to talk about the defense. Yeah, you have to. Um, I mean, Dirty Dan. Uh, was not scheduled to start. Thank God. He did get a lot of reps. I, I did not look at the, the rep count to see how many reps he got, but he was either, in there. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it looked like they moved him to more of a nickel, um, yeah. outside linebacker-style uh, position. Um, I mean, what do you think, though, with the change of uh, Thornhill in there and, and helping the, the Chiefs different than Dirty Dan? So, I mean, you shut anybody out for a half of the NFL, and I get it. It was against Heineke. I get that, but I mean, it's still impressive. I thought the defense looked better overall. I mean, you can say for the whole game, they played pretty well, right? I mean, they Mm -hmm. gave up 13 points. 
Um, Thornhill over Sorensen is definitely a major step in the right direction. No idea why that was so difficult for them to do. You just mentioned it. Sorensen is literally a nickel linebacker in mm -hmm. the NFL. That's what he should be playing. The fact that they had him playing safety and leaving him in an island and all that stuff, and you know, he doesn't have the speed. You're, you're. It was just unfair to the player. I thought, you know, and, and he's given the Chiefs some good years. So it's you. You hate seeing a player that's. I mean, in my opinion, he made the biggest play of the postseason last year with that tackle on the fake punt in the playoffs. I think if he doesn't make that play, they lose and they don't make the Super Bowl last year. So Sorensen's given a lot. You hate to see a guy end up being a whipping boy. We've seen him with the Royals with guys like they bring back Joaquin Soria a second time or Wade Davis or Holland. You hate seeing a guy that in his peak was really good and helped the organization come back and be left at an island. So I'm glad that they didn't do him dirty, pun intended, dirty Dan, put him back in where he should be. Also, I want to give a shout out uh, to another linebacker. Nick Bolton was, was terrific in the game. Uh, seven tackles leading the way with wow. 30 on the year. And I want to really thank Frank Clark once again for the inspiring effort. We had one tackle really paying off that seventh highest salary in the NFL. Uh, let's switch to the other side of the ball. <laughs> Sometimes just have to ignore you. Daddy. Okay. Daddy. It's so weird that Why you are you wearing it's, sweatpants? It's by so the way. weird that you want to be called daddy on uh, show number 22. Uh, Daryl Williams stepped into Mr. Clyde's slots. A lot of people a little worried about this. You not even me. said last week on the show you were not worried about this. You felt that this was going to be a good thing He's better. because you wanted to get more reps. Uh, for Williams, um, do you see him staying healthy in the next few weeks? I mean, how happy are you with this? Obviously, you're very happy. I'm I'm thrilled. I think Daryl Williams. You know, I, I think there's a chance when Clyde comes back, and let's just say it's five more weeks. I mean, I mean, he has to be out for a minimum of three more, but it's going to take a minute. So let's just say it's week twelve when Hilaire is healthy. Let me ask you a question. What do you think ends up happening with? The split of carries. So let's assume Daryl Williams. I mean, and let's let's be honest. Daryl Williams only got about what three and a half yards of carry. It's not like he lit the world on fire. But the thing is, he's shown to be, in my opinion, a better uh, runner between the tackles. Definitely better around the goal line. Clyde would not have scored on one of those two touchdowns that that Williams maneuvered his way in. And I think Williams has shown himself better in a passing game. So I see it. See if you agree. I, I think it's going to end up becoming like. 55 to 60% Williams, like 30% Hilaire, and 10 to 15% McKinnon. I don't think they're going to outright bench Hilaire this year because he was the first-round pick. But isn't it kind of embarrassing that an undrafted free agent, Daryl Williams, is basically better than your first-round pick? Yes, but I think also in this situation, say they're they're both back. I, I think it's who gets hot at this point. Yeah, uh, I think that's the beauty when you have two strong running backs, running backs like that. I mean, why not pick it up? If Williams starts picking up and, and is feeling it right there at that point, Stick you leave him, him in. Yeah. yeah. Um, switch things up. Obviously, you're going to put Williams in uh, when it's you know between the tackles. You're trying to really push the ball through. You're gonna you're gonna trust him, Clyde. You're gonna have a little bit more um, first down, second down play. So I'm I'm curious. I don't think it's a bad. Obviously, I think it's a, a plus to get Clyde back as soon oh, as possible. Course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because it's only going to put more stress on the other team's defense as much as possible. I'm but it was great to see Williams out there. I, th I think uh, I'd love to see those, um, you know, runs uh, or excuse me, the the percentile of, you know, what was it? Three point four this last week. I'd love to see that change. And I hate being that guy because you most, are that guy, daddy. Most teams can say, oh, if you would have drafted this guy instead of. But the Chiefs could have taken Jonathan Taylor. 
who's one of the best running backs in the NFL instead of Hilaire. They could have taken DK Metcalf instead of McCall Hardman. They could have had Trayvon Diggs when they took Hilaire, who is now becoming one of the best. I mean, I, we can play this game all day. I get it, but it's just kind of frustrating. When Hey, we could have also lost Patrick Mahomes. You want to go down that? It could have happened. We True. could have lost him. And who picked? The Bears had an opportunity. Mr. Trubisky, dude. Yeah. He's and big time. So, you know, we want to go down that path. Could have, should have, would have. Right now, we're there. Mitch Trubisky. Who, who is he backing up for again? He's on the East Coast somewhere. I don't know. Oh, but Buffalo. We, exactly. He's Josh Ellis. So you want to go down that road? <laughs> we can go down that road. Not I the road we want to go down. Yeah, I almost forgot about that guy. Uh, all right, let's dive into this week. Chiefs uh, hitting the road one more time before Ooh. they come back to Monday Night Football How this about time. that Tennessee Monday Night game? But that, what do you think about the Buffalo Tennessee? How good of a game was I that I told to you, we, we needed a couple things to happen. Buffalo, we obviously needed to lose. We also wanted to see, um, who was it, Baltimore to win yeah. to, to really help the Chiefs. The both, both helped. Yeah. Both helped. But both, but both look good. Uh, and now we're going to roll into Tennessee that just went on a, you know, a a, a nice big run. How big of a win was that? No though? pun intended, but Henry went on a nice oh run. God. Did you did you see him on that eighty yard run? He's running like a four three forty, bowling guys over. But like, I, I will tell you, the Bills made the right choice. You go for it. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah you, totally. You, it's in this. Part, it gets you three more plays or four more plays to free kick, you know, and you have this, and they and had the, a timeout in twenty seconds. And this early of the season, why not give that an opportunity? You just knocked off the Chiefs. Why not do the exact same thing yeah. in Tennessee? It's the right play. It, it was a good call. It was a good call. All Great right, but, game, though. but the Chiefs are going to have, uh, I think, their hands full now again this week. The Chiefs head to Tennessee. They'll you take think? on Mr. Henry, Mr. Brown. Um, the Chiefs, though, are still favored uh, by five and a half. Uh, over-under is 57. What are your thoughts on this game? Can they pull it off, or will they be like the Bills? Why does Tennessee get no respect? All year long on this show, this is the third time now they've been a five-and-a-half-point fa- underdog against a good team. Remember back in week two, I pounded them against Seattle. They won that game outright. Like I told you they would right here. I told you last week they would cover the five and a half against Buffalo. They did. Won that game outright. And again, it's five and a half. Vegas is setting people up for traps, trying to make people think the Titans aren't for real. This team's for real. It's a good team. Now, the defense is really injury-plagued. We watched that game together texting back and forth because we, we had a vested interest in our fantasy Oof. team. And, and how, many injury, how many injuries did the Titans have on defense there in the second mm. half? So they're going to have trouble stopping the Chiefs. But this game at five and a half is disrespectful to, to Tennessee. They have a better record than the Chiefs. They're playing at home after beating Buffalo, who the Chiefs couldn't beat, and they're a a five-and-a-half-point dog. I would absolutely take Tennessee on the five-and-a-half points. I think the Chiefs win the game. I think this is going to be an epic three- to four-point Chiefs dub. But, I I mean, I'm thinking 31-27, 34-31. There'll be points scored in this game because we talked about the injuries Tennessee has in the back. And and the Chiefs, how are they going to – so you and I can pretty much, I'm assuming, both agree you're not going to stop Derrick Henry, right? The guy's going sure. for 125 yards every week. And I mean, but the key is going to be to slowing him down, containing him, keeping him from running wild. I mean, I think 100 yards and one to two touchdowns is pretty much a guarantee. The Chiefs can overcome that, though, with their offense. The 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 the, the real big, um, what's the, what do you call it? The wild card in this game could end up being A.J. Brown, the big physical number 11 Tennessee wide receiver. Looked good in the second half, by the way. Great. He had nothing in the first half. And ended up he was sick, though, again yesterday. Yeah. Reports came out again that he, he, he set on the uh, set out in practice because still the illness. Well, damn. So, I, what the hell did he I, eat? I'd hate to see him when he's healthy, though. Uh, what the hell did he eat, though? No, no doubt, right? Jeez the least. Like seven catches for 90 yards in the second half. Gosh. I, I think he's going to be tough to stop. It, it's neither team honestly Steve what this game could easily come down to which could be bad for the Chiefs is turnovers 
because I don't see either one of these defenses really being able to stop the other. Maybe they get lucky and slow them down a couple times, but this could easily come down to turnovers, and I'm going to stick with my guns. The Chiefs win the game. They don't cover the 5.5, and, and that's because the Chiefs will largely take care of the ball. I, I called for no turnovers last week. I'm going to say zero or one this week. All right, let's. You, you talked about the run game stopping Henry. Uh, reports are Chris Jones will be back. Uh, how big of an impact is Mr. Jones uh, to stopping Henry this coming week? Love it when you quote Counting Crow songs. Oh my gosh, Mr. Jones and Daddy, stay with us. Stay with uh, us, Daddy. It's going to help having him back. And interesting, they're going to move him back. It looks like inside. I think that the Chris Jones outside experiment might be over at least for now, which would have been nice to happen in week two before Baltimore. You know, where he couldn't did what he was doing against Jackson on the edge. But I digress. But yeah, him back inside will help. Um, the Chiefs are going to have to gang tackle, man. They're going to have to go low. Um, they're going to, well, it'll be, Spags did slow down Derrick Henry pretty well last year in the mm -hmm. playoffs. So will he be able, will he be the coordinator that's able to slow him down? Maybe. Not having Julio Jones out there. Julio Jones is, has been ruled out, right, for that game for the Titans? Uh, you know what? Hold on. Let me look. I think he's out. Is he now out? While you look that up, um, if he's out, that will help a lot because then you only have to really worry about A.J. Brown versus having two guys on the outside. Julio um, is still considered questionable. Oh, he's questionable. Uh, still hamstring, didn't practice Wednesday. Okay, well. And that's as of uh, today, the time, or yesterday, as of yesterday. Okay. Well, if he's out, that really helps their ability. Otherwise, it's going to be a lot more difficult to stop Henry because it's going to be, I don't know that I trust the Chiefs to go pure one-on-one -on -one man on the outside. So I don't know what's going to happen here with stopping the run. They're going to have to get creative with blitzes and stuff. But again, the end of the day, it's going to be who wins the turnover battle most likely in this game. All right, next question uh, that I've – or not really question, but it's time to really talk about some of these marquee games. Yeah, not uh, too many we'll, of them this yeah, week. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk to about, about four games. But, again, like we talked about at the beginning of the show, Casey Pressbox. Uh, make sure you subscribe, caseypressbox.com. Um, Buffalo, Dallas, Jacksonville, the Chargers, Minnesota, and Pittsburgh – all on buys this week. That's a lot. Six. That's a lot. Um, so, obviously, that's going to take some key factors when it comes to your fantasy team. We talked about this just early in the week. Um, so many people could be out. you, you got to go deep to that bench. Yep. How good is that bench when it comes to fantasy? Obviously, we'll div uh, dive into that coming up here in just a little bit. Uh, but let's talk about first uh, one of our marquee games. Uh, the Bengals. Are they really 4-2? The Bengals are 4-2. That's yes. real? Yes. Really? Yes. You, are you? Are we not talking about the Thursday night game? No, I don't even have Thursday night down. Oh, I thought he was going to talk about that tonight. No, tell me about Thursday night game. What's going on? The Denver and Cleveland game tonight. Oh, I didn't even see it here. Go ahead. Well, well, okay. That's why I was like the Bengals. I'm like, yes. So Cleveland and Denver are playing tonight. Cleveland is a one and a half point favorite. Baker Mayfield is out. By the way, how many endorsements does this guy have now? Like, too many. Like, is he, does he have more too than Mahomes, honestly? Too many. But I heard he might. Is he going to play? I don't know. He's out. He's done for a while. So he's out. So Case Keenum is going to start. He was going to try to play until yesterday. Yeah, afternoon. he was all the way up until, until yesterday. He wanted to play. He yesterday wanted to play. At 6 p.m. They're like, no, dude, you're getting shut down. Case Keenum is starting. It looks like uh, Nick Chubb is out. It looks like Kareem Hunt is out. I mean, Jarvis Landry and, and Odell Beckham are questionable. So, I mean, the entire Browns offense and their defense, what a, what a disaster that team has become at 3-3. Three and three. Denver, though, is still being exposed as fraudulent after their 3-0 start, as we thought they would. Now, I will say I might have been wrong. I, I said that I thought they had the best defense in the NFL. Now, they've had a couple injuries in the secondary. That secondary probably is the best in the NFL if it's healthy. Um, but I don't know, man. Both of these two teams are banged up. Both of them aren't very good. 
but I think Cleveland will find a way to win the game at home. I mean, they're a one and a half point favorite. I actually think Case Keenum's a pretty decent backup NFL quarterback. So, and even Bridgewater's banged up for Denver. I mean, both of these teams, I, I, I'm not touching this game fantasy or anything. I'm just going to watch it tonight, and that's it. Do you think um, Mr. Uh, Mayfield gets uh, any more commercials? Anything Probably. new tonight? I think he I think he has like a four year deal, maybe is what it was. But I see really? him now. He's he's got the two new Heisman House commercials with Kyler Murray. And I haven't heard and he's seen got that one. Progressive how many progressive commercials? They must have like thirty of them in the vault. I, I keep seeing know. new ones. But yeah, you were talking about the Bengals. Yes, let's, let's talk about the Bengals. Uh Baltimore again, very surprising. Yeah. Um four and two, five and one, Baltimore. The Chiefs could really use obviously the Bengals to win this too. Be big. Um that would be obviously great for us. Um Baltimore though is favored by six and a half. That's yeah. a lot. Yeah. Uh over under is forty seven and do you can you see Cincinnati winning this one for us actually I can I think there's a decent shot this happens and I'll tell you why it's because their weapons on offense I mean anyone that can score has a chance against Baltimore now we did see I will admit Baltimore's defense after being trash the majority of the season somehow looked like the old school Ray Lewis Baltimore defense last week um, against Herbert and the Chargers did you watch any of that game they completely destroyed the Chargers like it was a ass beaten um that they looked elite now is that the real thing or a one-off probably more of a one-off i don't think they're that bad or that good probably not as bad as they were earlier either but my point is cincinnati's got the weapons where they can score and if you can do that against baltimore you can always catch lamar jackson on one of those days where he turns it over which he is prone to not so much this year we've seen it in the past though um and i think the bengals offense you got those three stud receivers out there and and chase and higgins and boyd and you bring it back with joe mixon the bell cow in the backfield i see they're getting p ron back off the uh COVID-19 list. So Cincinnati's got the weapons on offense where they can score points. I do think, unfortunately, Baltimore's probably going to win this game. I, I give uh, Cincinnati, though, still 35 to 40% chance of winning outright. So take take Cincinnati on the plus six and a half, but expect Baltimore to win. But to answer your question, they do have like a one in three chance of winning this game. All right, two more marquee games to talk about. This time the Eagles head to Vegas. Woo! Yes. Las Vegas. Wish I was going. To the Raiders. Uh, Vegas only favored by three over unders 49 on this game. So Vegas, I think is going to cover this three points. And here's why now remember it was week one. I, I get that. But back in week one, the Raiders were actually surprisingly able to mostly slow down Lamar Jackson. And for a good majority of that game until about the fourth quarter in that game, the only other team we've seen that can kind of claim that is the Lions, shockingly, although they've missed a lot of wide-open touchdowns in that game. But the point being that the Raiders were able to slow down the Ravens, and the Eagles have kind of a similar offense, similar quarterback back there in Jalen Hurts, who you and I are starting on our fantasy team mm-hmm. this week since Dak's on his bye. So Jalen Hurts is, is kind of Lamar Jr., not quite as good. But, I mean... I think they'll be able to slow down the Eagles offense just enough. And, and um, the Eagles defensively are not good. I mean, we've seen that. So I think the Raiders minus three is actually a pretty strong bet. It's not my lock of the week. We'll get to my lock of the week later. But the Raiders minus three would definitely be one of my three favorite bets of the week. All right. Uh, one last game. This time we'll move all the way to Monday night. Three and two. Uh, Saints take on two and four Seattle. Isn't that weird to say? Yeah, isn't that two weird? and four to say? Isn't that weird? That's a marquee game yeah, too this week. True, but uh, <laughs> but it's a must win, obviously for Seattle. Oh, they have to. Uh, it's a must win uh, to keep their playoff hopes obviously alive. Uh, the Saints, though, favored by five over unders forty three. What do you think? Actually, I think the Seahawks are a great bet at minus five, and I think they're probably going to win this game outright. I don't think, don't tell our coworker here that's a psycho about the Saints. Loves the Saints. He'll like, if you say anything bad about the Saints, I'll try to fight you. I don't think New Orleans is very good, honestly, but 
And I know Seattle doesn't have Russell. If Seattle had Russell Wilson, this I mean, they'd be favored you know, by a decent chunk here. But Geno Smith, I still think, is capable. They kind of didn't let him do a lot last week. It's kind of a vanilla offense. They've got, I mean, they still have some weapons out there. I mean, you've got, you got DK Metcalf and Lockett. I don't know about Alex Collins, if he's going to play or not. He had a nice week last week against Pittsburgh. But, I mean, they've got just enough of those ham and egg guys that can catch the ball to the backfield. Geno is, is, is not a bad backup. There's certainly a lot worse backup quarterbacks. And, and I just don't think Jameis Winston is particularly good. It's tough to play in Seattle. So, yeah, Seattle's a great bet. Again, not my lock of the week, but I like the plus five. Take Seattle. If you really want to get ballsy, I don't hate them on the money line winning outright. Either. All right, speaking of lock of the week, we'll obviously dive into that coming up a little bit later in the show. KCPressBox.com, subscribe. Uh, we'll see if Daddy can go 17 and 7. Uh, currently at 69 percentile. Not that he didn't do that on purpose, uh, but Daddy is uh, 16 and 7. Currently wants to go 17 and 7. So we'll dive into that. Uh, I love that you call me Daddy a little now. bit later too. Also, we we should have. This isn't on our rundown for today's show. Uh, I'm actually headed up to Maryville uh, a week from yesterday, Northwest Missouri State University, uh, to kick off their basketball bash. Is that next Wednesday. That's next Wednesday. We should go up there and do the whole show live there we Wednesday night. I've never been to Maryville. I've always wanted you, to go up there. You come up there, they're going to they're gonna debut, um, you know, the basketball season as they kick it off. It's a big old um, good too. basketball bash action. Oh, and yeah. And that coach is still there, right? Coach is still there. They, Incredible they, team. So I, if, don't they have a Taco John's up there, too? They do have a Taco John's. So if you want to go grab a couple microphones, we could go up there and do the show live up there and uh, talk to coach. So Let's uh, go soon, for sure, because I really want to go. Th- well, I'm going on Wednesday. I know. but Wednesday night, that's for sure. I'm just saying that doesn't work. Why would it not work? What uh, else do you have to do on a Wednesday night? There's no football. You got to prepare for football. Monday night is football. Thursday night's football. You think, Tuesday, Wednesday, somebody's calling you daddy? We know that's you, not true. You think daddy goes 69% only playing Thursday uh, through Monday? Boy, he called himself daddy and 69% all in the same sentence. Here we go. DFS to talk about. <laughs> Always give you a little mini DFS preview. Uh, what's some awesome games to focus in on for your lineups? Uh, who are some of the players, too, for the lineups for this week? You're going to have to lock in Derrick Henry against the Chiefs. I, I know this, again, this is DraftKings only. I don't play FanDuel or Yahoo. So on DraftKings, Derrick Henry's 9,200, and he's worth every damn penny. I mean, the guy's going to rush for 100 yards, minimum one touchdown. Right there, you're already almost paid him off. I mean, he'll catch a couple balls. He's going to, you're playing Derrick Henry and moving on to the next thing. Now, that's the game I'm focusing on too, Steve. It's the highest over under at 57. In cash games, 100% I'm with Derrick Henry. And normally in cash games, one little mini lesson here, this is not our our one-on-one lesson, but um, you normally don't want to play a running back and a a receiver from the same team or a receiver and a tight end. Now, a quarterback and a receiver is fine. A quarterback and a tight end is fine, but you don't want to generally play two non-quarterbacks together in the same cash game lineup. But I'm okay this week. A.J. Brown at 6,200 is way too cheap against the Chiefs. I'm probably locking in Henry Brown. And then you're going to want something from the Chiefs. Now, it's going to be tough to get to Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hill because of how much you're paying for Derrick Henry. So I don't know if it's Daryl Williams. I don't know mm. if it's McCole Hardman. I don't mind Hardman, who's, I think, 4,600. Um, so those are some options. You're going to want to get at least three players in that game. Another game I like a lot and team I like a lot is the Rams. Um, Darrell Henderson at 6,600 against the Lions. Yes, lock him in. So I'm locking in Henry and Henderson in my backfield for sure, which means I probably may have to like play really low, like double tight ends or something in the flex this week because if I want to have a good, you know, well, you have a punt somewhere if you're paying up that much. So, um, And then uh, DFS and fantasy-wise too, I want to mention that in a few minutes here on the Sportsbook 101, uh, one of my biggest pet peeves, I keep seeing it, it's both season long and DFS, but I'm going to have a lesson for you today regarding fantasy sports. So stick around here in just a couple minutes. We're going to do that. 
All right, uh, let's do what I think is one of my favorite parts of the show, um, and especially because of this new intro. <laughs> Which makes no sense. It's a whole lot of money. We're trying uh, to make right. you money. That's the song. This one makes more sense. Whole lot that. of money, baby. Whole lot of money. Starter set. Here we go. All right. Uh, again, if you want us to uh, make a decision for you, I think that's what we should call it. Make a decision for you for starter set. Uh, then obviously you, you shoot us an email or at the bottom part of our uh, website, kcpressbox.com. You can submit. This one comes from Ashley from Independence. Daddy, I want to know. Do I start Matt Ryan versus Miami or Mac Jones versus the Jets? Daddy, help me out tonight. Matt Ryan or Mac Jones? I'm hoping this is like a 14-team league because those are not great options. Actually, I don't like either one, but um, of those two, I'm going to start Matt Ryan versus Miami, especially getting Calvin Ridley back. I'm looking for a big Ridley week, so Ryan in that in that one. All right, next one comes from Jerry uh, from Lee Summit, Missouri. He says, Daddy, what tight end do I go with? Tyler uh, Higby against Detroit or Hunter Henry against the Jets. Daddy, help me out. So both of these tight ends. Starter set. This is a good one. Higby and Henry. Both tight ends are in game scripts um, where the teams probably won't need to be passing by the fourth quarter, which sucks. You know, when when you have those big favorites, you try to avoid that in fantasy because generally that means, you know, you, you want the other team to come back and keep going back and forth. That's why we look at over-unders for games we want to focus on. But my point being, neither of these offenses probably will have to pass in the fourth. With that said, Hunter Henry has been... Will you turn that damn music off? It's driving me crazy. Oh, my god! Thank you. Hunter Henry has been good with, uh, I think, touchdowns in two straight weeks, actually. But there should be more passing for the Rams. And Higby is not competing against the second tight end. Henry's competing against Jonu Smith. So give me Higby in this one over Hunter Henry. All right, one more. Uh, this one comes from Darren from Kansas City, Kansas. Says, Daddy, help me out. Running back question. I love how every single person, by the way, when they submitted a Casey press box, said, Daddy, help me. Yeah, I'm sure you didn't write that in there. No, Daddy. I'm sure that was all written that Daddy, way. here's the question for Daddy. Daddy, <laughs> running back question. Miles Sanders against the Raiders or DeAndre Swift versus the Rams. Daddy, help me. Starter sit. Well, this one's easy. This one's not even close. It's DeAndre Swift. I mean, he's elite because of the team he plays for sucks. So they're always going to be behind, right? And I'm assuming you're playing in half point or full point PPR. His pass catching skills, he's just going to keep catching ball. You know, even a five-yard game is a point and a half, point and a half, point and a half. I mean, when you're behind and you've got a running back like that, I should have mentioned another guy in the DFS. Another guy like that this week is J.D. McKissick for the Washington football team. Similar to DeAndre Swift, although Swift's a lot more talented. But you're on bad teams that are going to be behind. They're going to be throwing it a lot. Just keep catching the ball in the backfield. It's cheap, easy fantasy points. So this one's not close. You're definitely playing DeAndre Swift. And a a note to also, I like... um McKissick and DFS. All right, again, thank you so much, uh, Darren from KCK. If you guys have a start or sit, you can always shoot us a note at kcpressbox.com, kcpressbox.com, and we would love... And now you're okay with the music? You're okay with it now? Oh, now, now this is the one that makes no sense. All right. It's time for some crystal ball. Here's our crystal ball question. If you want to submit your crystal ball question, feel free to always do so. Uh, you can submit it, kcpressbox.com. Crystal ball question. Uh, and don't forget, lock of the week is just around the corner. See if daddy can go 17 and 7. You know he is. Or see if daddy's going to slip out of his 69 percentile that he's at right now. <laughs> we'll see what happens. This comes it. from Billy in Lenexa, Kansas. It says, Daddy... What's the biggest free agent move for the Royals? Do we really want to talk about the Royals? 
biggest free agent. I like this question, actually. I thought we've been two weeks without... Billy, we've been two weeks without talking about the Royals. Okay, so the biggest free agent move... To make this winner. Thank you, Billy, for the question. It's going to be a starting pitcher or it's going to be a corner outfielder. I believe it's probably going to be a starting pitcher. I think the Royals will have about... 18 million or so to sign in the market. So they're going to get a couple of relief pitchers with that. And I would suspect one or two of between a corner outfielder and a starting pitcher. I mean, I'd like to see them actually sign one marquee guy versus four ham and eggers, which they've been doing in recent years. Like, like quality is better than quantity. Right. So hopefully they sign one really good player, but we'll see. We'll get, we'll give you some names as the week goes on. When we get, you know, past the world series and get into the hot stove season, I'll come, I'll come out with some predictions, but for now I'll just say a starting pitcher and, or a corner outfield will be their big additions. All right. Next up, uh, my favorite thing for David Sportsbook one hundred and one. He's going to drop some info for you, so you can learn and make the correct decision. Let's make you some money. It's the Sportsbook one hundred and one with Davo. All right. So this, Daddy, week, what are you learning? Well, like I mentioned earlier, this week we're going to talk about one of my biggest pet peeves and one of the biggest mistakes people make in fantasy. It drives me crazy. It's just so dumb. Screwing up the flex position, right? So if we're talking about the majority of fantasy leagues, you know it is the WR position, right? Either the wide receiver or running back generally is what is called the flex. And DFS, the flex is just either, like on DraftKings, for example, you can play a running back, a wide receiver, or a tight end there. So that's your flex. Now, what I mean by people screwing that up is a couple of things. Let's go from a season-long perspective to start okay. with here on, on the flex here. You always want to make sure that your flex is the latest player in your lineup. Like, I've seen so many people that have a flex, like, on a Thursday game, and they just leave it in there because they're like, you, you need to stop thinking of the flex as, oh, it's my third running back or it's my sure. fourth wide receiver. I'll put them there. That's not what the flex is. It doesn't really matter what order you put them in. That's just an OCD thing. The flex is meant to give you uh flexibility right so i mean Ooh. you don't want to put somebody Ooh. you don't want to put somebody there on a, a thursday night game because then you've burned your flex if, if there's an injury that happens in another game or, or something happens so you want to keep that flex open as long as possible don't think of it as your number three running back has to stay in the flex you could put i don't care if you're if you've got freaking uh you know if you've got tyree kill or, or well, that's a bad running back dalvin cook or whoever <laughs> it is right dalvin cook uh, if he's playing monday night to me, he's going into flex for that particular week because you want to be able to keep that flex open. It's especially important in DFS more so than anything else because I can't tell you how many times I see people, especially because with, with DFS, you don't know what the other team is playing for those who don't know. So if I'm playing DraftKings and I don't know, I, I can't see the other person's lineup I'm facing or the field's lineup until the games start, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I can't tell you how many times every weekend I would say one out of three people on there will put like their flex in the 12 noon game on a Sunday. What do you keep slapping by the way over there? I'm uh, so distracted by the, sorry, the slapping of something, daddy. What's going on that's, over here? That's my knee. Oh, okay. Unless that was you over there with the sweatpants on, but no, um, but it drives me crazy, especially like on these two day slates. There's a Sunday night and a Monday night. So you don't want to do that because you, you in DFS, you want to pivot, right? The flex sure. is to pivot. So if, if if I'm pretty sure, and you can also do the math and figure out who your other people have. So there's two problems with this in DFS. Number Well, three problems. Number one, something could happen with an injury at the last second or inactive. But number two and three are the ones I want to talk about. The second messed up thing about doing that is that you are kind of telling me what you have. Like if you've mm-hmm. only got two or three players or one player left and you're mm-hmm. in the lean part of the slate, I can then do the math in my head, add up the salaries. And I know if I'm ahead of you, I can play the player you have in your flex to cancel you out. So you can't gain on me. And if I'm behind and I need to gain on you, I can say, Oh, he's got this guy. So I can't play that guy or I won't be able to make up the points. So you're, you're tipping your hand with DFS with, with using up your flex right away. So you don't want to do that. You know, you want to, you want to keep that flex open. Also the flex, 
I don't know is if I'm going against you, is it a running back? Is it a wide receiver? Is it a tight end? But if you just have an RB open because you used your flex earlier in the week, I know exactly who you're playing based on the salary. So all these things together, and it gives you a chance. The third thing would be pivoting with DFS, like I just mentioned. Like, I can figure out who you have if you burn your flex early, but also then you can't pivot. You have less pivot options. So always keep that flex open. It's such an elementary basic thing, but I can't tell you the amount of people I see playing me for 200 bucks on a weekend or 500 bucks that have their flex burned. It warms my heart. I mean, I love it. I'm assuming these people don't listen to our show. That's why I'm giving this away here. But, you know, be smart with your flex, people. Save your flex. Use it correctly. It's not Your flex is not for your third best running back or your fourth best receiver. Your flex is to give you flexibility. Think of it that way. Mm, I love that flexibility. I came up right. on my own. Uh, Sportsbook 101 every single week, too. So if you have anything that you'd like, Davo, just to kind of dive into or or to try to help you, especially when you're making those sports investments, uh, he is here for you. It's All right. time, isn't it? The time is now. Before I hit the audio clip that kicks it off, I'll let you know. Let me pull my sheet here. Where's it at here? Uh, Daddy is 16 and 7. Mm-hmm. Equals 69%. 69.5, but we round down. Dot, 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 we round dot, down dot. on this one. Even in the script, he wrote so that he would know when I said 69%, he would write and he, he would say, nice. Nice, nice. Are you ready, David? Let's do it. Can I'm, he go 17 and 7? This will put us probably 71%. Will he refer himself to daddy? Again. We will find out. This is the time to make cold, hard cash it is the lock of the week. Let's make you some money. Time for the lock of the week. Six. With daddy. <laughs> 16 and 7, my current record. That's 69%. Nice. And in honor of 69%, we have to admit, Steve, we like a little tease, don't we, when it comes to 69%. No, we no like, not at all. We like a little tease. Who says they want a tease? As in a two-team six-point teaser. Oh. Because that's what we're doing this week. We'll we're play. heading to Green Bay, and we're heading to Baltimore this week. So in Green Bay, we're going to eat an entire wheel of Colby Jack cheese. We're going to tease the Packers down to minus two and a half against the Washington football team. It's currently eight and a half. We're teasing the Packers down to minus two and a half free money. The Packers will easily win that game by a field goal. Then in Baltimore, we are bringing along a can of Skyline Chili, the noodles, the shredded cheese to make our very own Cincinnati style chili because we're teasing the Bengals up. You know, we're taking them as six and a half point dogs up to plus 12 and a half. So the six points on this teaser brings the Packers down to minus two and a half. The Bengals up to plus 12 and a half. That's right. Two teams, six point teaser, your lock of the week. Green Bay becomes minus two and a half. Cincinnati becomes plus Plus 12 and a half. Let's go. And are you going to call yourself daddy? Yes. Go ahead. Daddy's going to win. There it is. Daddy's going to win it. He's excited. He's slapping something over there. It's his knee or it's our new intern. One or the other. <laughs> Casey Pressbox, show number 22. Make sure you subscribe. CaseyPressbox.com. Again, if it's the Sportsbook 101 that you want us to talk about, a start or sit, locks of the week. Uh, or uh, David's favorite crystal ball question, uh, a Royals question. Uh, obviously, submit that caseypressbox.com, bottom right corner of the show. Or if you just want to email in and just tell Daddy hi, or Steve, he, he's he's uh, he's welcome for a, a good hi. And hopefully, we will uh, catch you next week in Maryville, Missouri, Northwest Missouri State University. And if you have any the kickoff to their basketball season for basketball bash, go ahead and be tip off instead of kickoff. No, well, kick off to the season. If anybody has any sweatpant recommendations for Steve, send them in too. Yeah, and right now I'm only wearing the Nike ones. <laughs> uh, that is it. Show 22. Daddy is out. I am Steve Serrano. We we'll see you next week. Bye.